Hello and welcome in to a very special edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride. You can find all of my work as well as this podcast over at milehighsports.com as well as on the Mile High Sports app where you can find all this information as well. Um, if you're not looking at those spots to find my work, you can find me on Twitter at TJ McBride NBA. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a different show. It's not just going to be a group show with a bunch of different writers. It's not going to be one of those shows where I just recap a game. I actually sat down with Nuggets backup point guard Monte Morris to discuss something very near and dear to his life, which is the Flint, Michigan water crisis that is currently going on in Michigan. Um, what is happening is that in April of 2014, Michigan decided to start pulling water from the Flint River as opposed to Lake Huron for Flint. And what happened was there was lead poisoning and the, there was lead in the water. The pipes itself were corroding and water is now almost undrinkable in the majority of places in Flint. It is completely undrinkable. People can't even shower or cook with this water. And even if you boil it in some circumstances, you still can't use that water. Um, Monte Morris himself has done a lot to help out his, his um, community and his family. Even when he was a junior back at Iowa State, he, w- he found a way to get with a grocer company to be able to get 11 truck full, semi-truck fulls of clean water, whether in gallons or water bottles, to Flint, Michigan to help out with his community. So I wanted to talk to Monte about this and shed some light on what is basically an absolute human rights violation that has been happening within Flint, Michigan. And Even after five years, almost five years now, nothing has been done to help the people of Flint, Michigan, and hopefully this is something that at least sheds a light on an issue that is very, very near and dear to Monte Morris and should get a lot more exposure on the national stage and should have a lot more people talking about it because these are you know, thousands upon thousands of Americans who do not have access to clean water of any kind. So... Before we get into all of that, first let me give you a qu- give a quick shout out to Regulators Production Group. They are the ones who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast, and also Terrapin Care Station, who I'm going to tell you about real quick right now. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the product that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. Without further ado, here is my quick conversation with Nuggets backup point guard, Monte Morris. So, first of all, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you, your family, and congrats on the hell of a start of the season. Yeah, same to you. So, it's been something like 1,800 days since the water crisis began back Mm -hmm. in Flint. 
Did you think it'd take something like five years for almost nothing to get done at this point? Nah, I thought once he got like on CNN and everything, it would uh, definitely uh, make an impact right away, but it didn't. So uh, it's uh, my my people still back there, my friends still back there, their kids going to school and they're still like affected by it. So, I mean, for nothing to happen, um, it's really a tough deal. What are those differences in day-to-day life that people have to experience now that the water crisis is in effect like this? Oh man, just like people play sports, like you can't just go in the hallway like after like break and practice to like get some water. Like you gotta always bring something like a Gatorade from the store, like a, a water bottle. Like you can't just go get some normal water like out the sink or or the hallway in the water fountain. So it's just. It signs up like over the water fountains, like caution, like don't like it's. It's just tough. It's just like if people don't even have like money to bring your own water to the game or pirates or like you know everybody ain't fortunate. So you talked before with media, especially after you brought down the clean water that you brought when you were still at Ames and mm-hmm. playing for Iowa State, that it was the kids like you were talking about that are dealing with this the most. And for a town like Flint, where basketball and even football are just so ingrained into everything that you guys do, it almost seems like it's demoralizing in more ways than just a physical way at that point. Yeah, it is. I mean, I did what I could in Ames uh, to get water there. Um, and I got my thing coming up, so hopefully I can just raise awareness and uh, give back to the needed families. Um, I mean, everybody really can't, like, Everybody don't really take into consideration how much, like, how bad it is until you're affected by it yourself. So people be like, oh, Flint is, I know Flint because the dirty water, but, like, we got so much more to offer. But it's crazy that, like, a city like that is just known for bad water. Like, we got athletes that's in the NBA. We got professional boxers that's fighting on TV, Showtime. Uh, Football players, Mark Ingram. Like, we got so much light on our city, but we always just get – stereotype just by the water that nobody doing nothing about. And you've talked about this for years now, that there is yeah. so much more in Flint than just these issues. Yeah. What are other some, some other things, even beyond just sports? Because, yeah. I mean, that's a good environment yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, Flint is just like... It's got crime like everywhere else. Yeah, it's got so crime, much but it's still so it's all love. Like, you know, it's just hard times. You know, everybody out there trying to eat, and, um, you know, it's crime, it's crime, but it's crime everywhere. But, you know, we got... Good restaurants. We still got a nice downtown. Like we got things to do, and it's all you can always find sport activities. Um, it's not much to do, but once it's a big event, whether it's high school, pro am, anything, it's always packed because you know everybody support everybody in Flint. So that, that that community is something that you don't find very often, and it seems like this community, even through all these struggles with the water crisis, with the crime and all that, they've stuck together. Like. Flint doesn't fold, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't fold. We uh, ten toes down. We stand for each other. We support each other. Flint versus everybody. That's what everybody usually use. So, I mean, that's the chip I play with. That's the chip everybody that's in sports or do something or go to work, play with. Um, we just got so much adversity, but, I mean, it can't storm forever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's some light that's going to come from it. It always do. It's just a little adversity. Um, so... To jump back to 2014, junior year at Iowa State, do you remember when you first learned about the water crisis when they started changing from getting the water from Lake Huron yeah. to Flint River? Yeah, I learned about it. Um, 
I was in college, I heard stories about it, and I actually like looked into it, and it was just like, dang, like this is crazy. But I mean, I would stay did what they could, they best to help me get my word out there. I think we posted on Twitter, and it like got a lot of love. So um, I remember it like it was yesterday for sure. I was gonna ask you about that video in particular that you mm -hmm. put out there. When you originally were recording that video and put it out there, did you expect a big response? Yeah, I mean. Me playing in a major conference like that, I knew it would get a lot of attention. Um, yeah, in a Power 5 conference, I expected to get a lot of attention. Um, but it got a lot, a lot of attention. So, yeah, yeah, and that was during the tournament, too. It was like, yeah. That was the Elite Eight, right? Mm -hmm. Sweet 16. Sweet 16, okay. Mm -hmm. um, how did how did High V Grocers get involved? I mean, I know that mm -hmm. they must have just seen it, but did they reach out to you directly? No, nah, uh... Our PR people with our uh, uh, Iowa State team, um, Jamie Pollard, um, you know, and uh, Matt Schultz, they all, and Michael Byers, they all put in time to get it situated and went through the legal stuff and it was able to help me, so. So for people who don't know, what did Ra what did Randy Edeker, I hope I'm saying his name right, the CEO of Hy-Vee Grocers, um, mm -hmm. What did you guys do to bring with eleven semi trucks full, yeah. and that represents your jersey number yeah, to honor yeah. you? Mm -hmm. How does you take pride in that? That people not only are trying to help out, but yeah. to make you a focal point of that push? Yeah, I mean, it was bigger than me. I didn't really want to do it. Just I didn't want to do it for recognition or clout or publicity or nothing like that. I just wanted to do it to make sure my people back in Flint were good. Um, my name on it was you know good but like if i could have did it low-key and just had trucks in there without my name on it and just say high v get high v credit i would have but they wanted to do it that way um and it was good for me being young 20 years old how i was and uh doing that was big and it's not just the fact that your name's on it for your own clout yeah. and your own publicity you're you're becoming more of a leader to the kids in Flint beyond just a basketball mm -hmm. player at that point. You're yeah. someone who does more than basketball, mm -hmm. and it almost seems like it means a lot more to you than the game could ever at that point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, after that, you know, a lot of people reached out to me like, man, that was real. We needed it uh, for all this. Uh, it was big time for me. Um, I didn't know how big it was until my mom like, was sending me videos and like, got the trucks and stuff arriving, so it was big. Uh, what, did you tell your mom that they were coming? I read somewhere that she like, got surprised by a phone call. Uh, I mean, she knew they were coming uh, after the phone call, and I let her know what was going on. So she was, she was like excited for sure. What was her like? What was her reaction? What was the excitement level for her when she hears that you're able to do this as just a college kid, not making money at the NBA yet? Uh, she was excited. Uh, She's really excited. She just wanted to make sure it wasn't coming out of my pocket. Going <laughs> in, but she was excited. Um, jumping ahead, this season, you yeah. sat down with the roster and all your teammates and part of the coaching staff and explained a lot of these things mm -hmm. that are happening in Flint to them. What went into that interaction? What was your goal going into that? Um, just showing everybody where I'm from and uh, the problems that you know I faced growing up. Adversity that I faced and was still able to stay locked, stay tunnel vision at this opportunity and make the best of it. Um, just give them how my city is, how it was, and how it is now. Um, I feel like it just opened them, opened them a life in my, you know, opened the door for them to see a life on Monte's side and 
what I had to grow up with, dealing with, and get them a better feel for me personally. Um, you know, once you learn about somebody's life like that, you get a whole different respect for for the person once you really see what they went through. So, yeah. And it builds on the court at that point, too. Like, yeah. you guys get love, like, as family in here, uh -huh. but on the court, yeah. too, it helps you learn. Yeah, for sure. Um, what were their reactions like? Like, what was there? Was there anything surprising about their reactions, or was it pretty much what you expected? Uh, it's pretty much what I expected. Everybody's just like, man, you did a hell of a job. Like, that was real. I could tell, like, you know what I'm saying? It was from the heart and everything, so it was real. Okay. Um, what is now, what can people do to start helping out with Flint beyond just, you know, reading things online, sharing and spreading the word? Is there direct connections that people can do to start helping out this environment? Uh, they can, you know, it's it's a lot of GoFundMe accounts out here. Um, you can just give water back. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot you can do. You just got to take the proper steps because different businesses, different buildings, um, it's different processes to giving back. So, um, like me, I would, if I want to do something, I would just have one big location, advertise it, and then have everything come there. So, so you know where it's going. You know? And you talked about your thing you're going to be doing coming yeah. up here. Elaborate on that a little bit for me. Uh, it's just a, get a meet and greet at my high school from like 12 to 1. Then we plan on, uh, taking like 11 families, uh, Christmas, like shopping with food and stuff like that. So they can cook um, the less fortunate and give out a few gift cards and uh, sign some autographs, interact, and uh, go talk to uh, the high school boys, varsity team. They 8 no right now. They got a really good team. So a couple Division One guys, I'm going to go talk with them and then see my family. So it's a... Uh, it's a big time event I'm looking forward to. You've always been a giving guy, even going back to high school yeah. when you were at Beecher. And one of my favorite stores, I'm sure that you're probably sick of telling it at this point, is the story of handing out all the socks to everybody because yeah. not everybody had the same socks. Yeah. Where where does that giving come from within you? Because people aren't just born with that all the time, you know? Yeah, I mean, I believe in karma. Um, I just believe in, you know what I'm saying, if you take care of your pennies, your dollars, to take care of yourself, you know, it's... It's just like if you get your last, if you're willing to get your last, it last it'll come back and bless you at the end of the day, fully around. So, I mean, I just try to be as fortunate as I can, as given as I can, because you know I'm young, I'm only 23, and um, and it'll it'll make its way back around to me. <laughs> last thing I wanted to ask you was if there's one thing you could say to the people making decisions that are you know on a government level trying to either help these things or people like Nestle who aren't necessarily or whatever it is, what would you say to the people who are out there on the ground trying to help out this environment and what would you say to them to, I guess, push them to start helping more and really get change happening, not yeah. just have it you know stay stagnant. Um, you mean with the water crisis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, specifically. Um, I would just say, I mean, it's so much money in this world. I mean, um, just 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 put yourself in their shoes. Like, what would you want people to do? Um, this world is so low class at times as far as magnifying things to a different level because you're not in that position. Um, everything's cool and sweet until it's you. Mm -hmm. Everybody got the answer until it's you. Uh, I put examples. People be like, "Why didn't you do that on the court?" I seen this, but you watch it on TV. You're not yeah. actually on the court. You see things differently, 
once you're in a fire, once it's you, you get a whole different respect for a certain thing. You can put that back to basketball. A guy might look not as good on film. You get out there, he's really good. So I take it back to the water crisis. From the outside looking in, he's like, it's only water. It can't be really that bad. You can go buy water, but people don't got the money to go buy water. Yeah. So, Let alone like 10 yeah, packs of water at you know, a time and things like that. Yeah, so um, like I said, man, um, just I just want people to really look at the situation and just think about it. Think about if you got a newborn or you got kids coming up that's very talented or y'all less fortunate, but they really talented and they got a chance, but... They might go gamble and go hustle and do something they're supposed to do just because they want some water. Like, they they want something to drink, you know what I'm saying? And that may cost them their chance to be at the NBA level by one minor mistake. So it's bigger than just not having water. When you don't have something, people, people will do anything to get it, especially coming from that. And all you hear about on the news when you turn on is crimes and murders. As a kid, that's what you see. And it's just the way life rolls, you, but you become a statistic because it seems cool because your friends might do that with no guidance. So I just want everybody to look at it that way, and uh, hopefully we can get some more people giving back. It could be changed. It's, you know, it's not going to take overnight. You know, it's a, it's a marathon, so I just want people to understand. I appreciate you talking and spreading this word as much as you can. Yeah. Flint having you on their side is going to be a big part of helping things change in the yeah. environment, man. I got a lot of respect for that. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Yep. It's a pleasure. Hi, yep. Appreciate it. Thank you again so much for listening and supporting the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Um, and again, I'm going to link different ways, different GoFundMes in the bio uh, or the description of this podcast, as well as the article that is up on Mile High Sports that has this podcast in it for different ways that you can help contribute either clean water or money to the right places in Flint, Michigan to help out the people there who are in need and do not have clean drinking water or just water access of any kind that is usable. Um, but again, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast and supporting. Please tell your friends about it. Um, go Go give a Terrapin Care Station a look for all your cannabis goods. Go check out Regulators Production Group with all the beats that they are providing to this podcast. And again, go to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, um, leave a rating. Hit me up on Twitter at TJ McBride NBA and give me any kind of feedback. I have been getting feedback and it's awesome to get it. I really do appreciate everybody who's reached out to me. But until we talk again, thank you very much and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.